The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week to talk specifically about three identical strangers as we work through our Through the Cracks month here at Burke Reviews Movie Club. Um, These are movies that came out this year that we somehow missed uh, in theaters or otherwise, and we're trying to make sure we see them before the year ends, so... Three Identical Strangers was one that I really wanted to see, and I missed at the Florida Film Festival. Um, so I had to add it to my selections for the month, but Corey also missed this one, right? Yeah, and I really wanted to see it, but it wasn't at the flicks very long. Yeah, and it, I think it played in Orlando here, but I, I don't always make it out to Orlando. Um, like, Vox Lux is playing at AMC Downtown Disney, and I really want to go see it, but I don't think I'm going to make it there before it's out of theaters. So, um that said, uh, if you're new to the podcast, um, Corey and I have been doing this now for almost two full years, and um, we both are avid uh, movie collectors, but we often buy things and never get to them. And also, there's just movies we've heard people talk about forever that we know we need to watch, so we started doing this podcast as a way to, to make sure we're constantly watching something we've never seen at least once a week. <laughs> and excuse me, folks, I am sick. I've been fighting a cold for just over a week now. Um, oh, heck. <clears throat> yep. Taylor had it the week before, and now all of us have it. Um, Kathy's has turned into what I think is bronchitis pretty quickly. Um, uh. Yeah, it's not so good in the Birkenfield home. But nonetheless, um, we're going to, uh, before we get into our review of Three Identical Strangers... Uh, and do know we give a um, overall review, and then we get into spoilers, and we will give you a fair warning before we start spoilers in case you have not seen the movie yet. But uh, we like to talk about what we've been watching since we last recorded one of these. Um, our last episode was You Were Never Really Here. So, Corey, have you seen anything other than Three Identical Strangers since we last spoke? Um, I've just been, you know, making my way through... I was about to start singing. <laughs> I know. Carlton for you, I and know. then I was like, "I'll spare John and whoever might listen to this." Um, I started rewatching. Um, I do not feel at home in this world anymore because ah. that's pretty much how I feel um, right now. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that I know that I've watched stuff, but I just can't remember. This is my life. This is what Letterbox is for, Corey. This is what Letterbox is for. I don't but... have time for all that. It takes two seconds. Um, okay. <laughs> I do know one thing that you've watched, and I watched it last Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, I felt bad starting it because I didn't know if it would make whoever was watching it lose their place. But, yes, I started watching The Endless. Hmm. I think I'm about halfway through, maybe. Why haven't you finished? Because I've been having a really rough week, guys. And then last night I went to see a Helio sequence the band and that mm. was magical and i got to talk to the lead singer afterwards and i got my record signed and it was oh, just really good that's cool yeah they're so nice and they're from portland so they stop in boise they've been here at least three times um since i've been aware of them uh so that's awesome 
I missed them the last time they were in town, but um, just so all the bands out there know, if you play anniversary shows where you play a whole album, the people will come. They will, yeah. will come to the show. It was so packed last night. Um, but that wasn't the movie I was talking about, The Endless. Uh, I was actually talking about oh. Dumplin', the new Netflix original. Oh, yeah! I thought we talked about that. Maybe it was on Top 5 that we talked about it. I think it. it was. I think we briefly mentioned it on Top 5. Um, but uh, Dumplin', um, I watched on Saturday, and I just posted my review today, and uh, I really loved this movie. thought it was so funny and so heartfelt. I cried and I laughed. Um, Danielle McDonald, who I've been praising uh, since... Um, uh, Patty Cakes, um, she's just terrific, and I saw that you saw it as well, and we did talk about it briefly on Top 5, but we do this more on this on this show, so I thought we would just jump into it again, so um, you also really like Dumplin', right? Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I love Dolly Parton, <laughs> so it's fine, um, I thought it was kind of fun seeing her hyped up about it, because, like, the whole soundtrack is Dolly Parton, so... yeah. Obviously, you know, she had a hand in making it, so that was fun. And I think she, like, shared that she was so excited to share it with everyone and she everybody loves it or something. But um, it really, I really liked it. And I like seeing, I mean, it's kind of a thing in the movie because she thinks it's a thing that mm-hmm. she's plus size and that she's, like, not meeting everyone's expectations. But I don't feel like that's everyone around her, how they feel about her. So Agreed. I kind of it's, it's liked own... that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, um, inter-conflict with her, and um, the... I don't want to talk much about the movie, because it is still pretty new, but uh, it's just... It's really well done, and I love that there isn't, like, a real, true, like, pure evil person in the movie. Like, it's a very real, grounded film. Like, everybody's just genuine, I think. Like, and that's not saying some people aren't jerks, but they're not, like, evil supervillain jerks. Yeah, and it's not like everybody's out to get her either, where yeah. all of her insecurities are true, and life is just really hard, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like, she's insecure and, and trying to, you know, find the place. And there are jerks, again. It's not saying that there's no jerks. It's just they're not, like, they're not super villain. Like, melodramas generally have these extreme cases of, like, really evil, like, sin- almost twirling the mustache, you know, type evil villains. Yeah. And you don't have that. And, like... Even if you think of, like, The Help, there is that in, in that movie, which it makes sense in that movie, but um, Emma Stone's character is, like, really, really good, and then there's her friend, I think it's Bryce Dallas Howard, if I'm not mistaken, um, is just, like, pure evil. Like, she's just, everything about her is awful. And that's not to say there aren't people like that, but sometimes it just feels, you know, superficial. And Dumplin', I thought, did a really good job of not going that direction, and there's easily a few characters that could have gone that direction. And they don't. And I really like that about the movie. Um, but I said I watched it on Saturday. I watched The Identical Strangers um, on Monday, which I usually don't do that early, but I, I wanted to go ahead and get it. I watched it on Monday, too. <clears throat> I know. It was weird when you said that. Um, and then I think on Tuesday, I watched Home Alone 2 while I was like making dinner and stuff. Because I'm a fan of both of the Home Alone... Well, the two Macaulay Culkin Home Alone movies. I know there's like five, but the other three I don't count. Um and it's it's a bad movie like there's stuff just stupid the whole setup is really dumb just the way that everybody acts but i still have a lot of fun with it and macaulay culkin's just really good um i went and saw once upon a deadpool oh on wednesday night which is uh a lot of fun it is it is deadpool 2 
um, just PG-13. But the the stuff they add with Fred Savage is very, very funny. Um, and the Princess Bride, they don't actually weigh too into the Princess Bride. There's a few clear references, but they also just allow for some really funny interactions with Fred Savage and Ryan Reynolds. Um, and, and some of it involves like censorship conversations and things like that. Um, and there are some deleted, well, I don't know if they were deleted scenes like on the Deadpool 2 Blu-ray because I've not watched any of the deleted scenes. But there are some additional scenes in the actual Deadpool 2 movie um, in Once Upon a Deadpool. And I have not fact-checked this, but my understanding is that uh, half of the proceeds or something is being donated to um, cancer research or something along those lines. Um, yeah, so there is it's not just like a cash grab to, to make more money for Deadpool. Um, and again, the additional stuff is funny, and I laughed the whole movie, so I still had a good time with it, but... And as we're recording, I am one hour into Alfonso Cuaron's uh, film Roma, which is released on Netflix. Um, I generally don't pause movies like this, uh, but, you know, it's trying to fit it into my schedule this weekend is how it worked out. But I'm an hour in. I am uh, intrigued. Um, I really like the uh, cinematic style of it. And um, I'm, a, I'm a big Alfonso Cuaron fan. I've liked most of his films that I've seen. Um, he directed Gravity, uh, E2 Mama Tambien, which we did an episode on this podcast of earlier this year. Um, he did uh, Children of Men, which I'm a big fan of, and my favorite Harry Potter film, Prison, uh, The Prison of Azkaban. Um, so I was really looking forward to seeing this. There's a lot of buzz around this movie, and so far I'm liking it quite a bit, but I have to wait and see what happens in an, with another hour and like 15 minutes left. Ooh. Okay, so that's what we've been watching this week. Um, I think it's time to get into Three Identical Strangers. Mm -hmm. um, we start with the stats. We look at... Uh, it's a little different with the documentary because there's no like cast per se, although there are some reenactments in this movie. Um, not in the uh, full sense, but there's definitely some some footage where they've cre like recreated scenes um, in order to tell the narrative that's happening. Uh, Three Identical Strangers... Um, one, if you go into this movie with the l less information, I think the better. Yes. Um, I knew a little more than I wanted to because of some spoilers that were uh, mainly happened on Douglas Movies episodes. Um, as I waited longer and longer to see this, more and more things were revealed. But um, the uh, movie is PG-13, um, directed by Tim Wardle, who I don't know if what else he's done. Um is this his first thing oh he's directed four other things let's see here one killer punch uh lifers and first cut so not a whole lot it looks like mainly tv stuff um until three identical strangers the premise is in 1980 new york three young men who were all adopted meet each other and find out they're triplets who were separated at birth and that's all i'm going to read that's from imdb um it has an 81 meta score 7.8 imdb user score <clears throat> and it gets it gets pretty crazy as you go through this movie. Um, we're just going to give a very general uh, did you enjoy the movie or not, and then we'll get into spoilers because there's, again, not a whole lot to talk about without getting into spoilers with this movie. Um, Corey, did you, uh, what were your basic thoughts of this film? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that they did a really good job kind of working through the events and keeping me like pulled in 
Um, and just some of the information that ended up being, you know, put out there for us kind of. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. I don't talk to a lot of people who like watch movies or, you know, enjoy movies. Pretty much it's really just you for like a long time now. Um, so <laughs> thankfully you're not a jerk and you don't like ruin things. Um, but I can totally see where, because I didn't know a lot. I'd only seen a couple trailers and actually before I was seeing other films at the flicks and so I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I just had like that broad sweeping whatever that they gave us in those trailers. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely understand. I would be a little pissed if, you know, yeah, and I still had some twists. Um, it wasn't completely ruined, but little, yeah, more and more. Like, and one of them was a, a my, one of my my uh, bosses at work, um, casually gave information that they thought was general knowledge, because this was a news story. But it was a news story in the eighties. Um, I was like, you know, under ten. I didn't know anything about this. Um, and I don't know if it was national news or if it was like New York news. That I got the vibe it was much more local news than it was you know, worldwide, except, I mean, it was obviously on a lot of the talk shows, but I don't constitute talk shows as news, right? Like, is that fair? Like, I don't think of, like, Dr. Well, Phil as a news source. But I feel like, I mean, especially now, we have that idiot girl who now is, like, a signed rapper mm. that's coming to Boise, too. Let's yeah. not even talk about it. That's a fair um, point. That, that I think that, like, it gets, those things get spread to more people because, I think only, you know, I want to say, like, select demographics or only a small percentage of the population, like, watches the news. So I True. think that being on things like that on those kinds of platforms gets it out to way more people but, and it probably gets talked about more. But, but I think ahead, if sorry. you take that girl, the rapper girl, the, the Catch Me Outside girl, if I'm not mistaken, is who you're talking about. Bad Baby. And let's talk about B-H-A-B-I-E. But if you take I think that's the internet away. If this is in the 80s when that happens, they're not as famous, right? Like, the internet made her more famous than the show because I didn't see the show. I saw the dozens and dozens of retweets and clips from the show on the internet, um, mm-hmm. something that wouldn't have happened in the 80s. Like, these guys were doing the talk show circuit after they found out they were triplets. But, again, there was no way to repost that. So if you missed the episode, you missed the episode. Um, that is also fair. And also... As a kid in the 80s, I wasn't watching those talk shows. Um, you know, my mom might have, but I wouldn't have necessarily been watching them. And I definitely wasn't paying attention if they were on, you know, I'm playing with toys or whatever. So, and again, not saying I just, the person who said it to me as though it was common knowledge, I it was not. And so I was like, well, thank you. I didn't know that. Um, and I had a few other things spoiled, but I still um, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I did have, I took some issue and this is a uh, a personal kind of like way I live. A lot of their claims, like they say things very matter of fact, like "oh, this was happening," and it's like yeah, you don't know that though. You're still speculating, and a lot of the 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 people being interviewed were very aggressive with their claims of knowledge that could not have been known. Um, and there's one specific scene that I thought seems so unlikely to have really happened but it was being told as though this is what happened and i was like i don't believe that for a second because i can't fathom a circumstance where that makes sense and I'll, I'll get into specifics with the uh 
spoilers because it would it's not technically a spoiler but it's a very specific moment and i don't want to get into that yet but um i did find the story to be extremely compelling um i found out some things about myself watching this that i didn't i would have never thought about but i like some things that they were really like adamantly like passionate about i was kind of like i don't know if that's true like i don't know if i feel that way and I wouldn't have thought that about myself. So I was a little, like, not I wouldn't have thought it, but I also didn't know it because I've never been confronted with some of the the ideas in this film. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, well, we'll get into spoilers too, but I did enjoy it. I think it's a really uh, well-structured documentary. Um, it's, it's, it's actually, the composition of the documentary, I think, is really nice too. Like, their interview setups, are, they look really good. I like the, uh, the backdrops and stuff, which... I mean, it's not exactly something you watch a documentary for, but they, they made it look nice. And I like I like the acknowledge they went, I think, above and beyond what some documentary interviews would do. They, they look good. Yes. <laughs> Before we get into spoilers, um, you, you're not a big <laughs> fan of documentaries on the regular, though, right? Uh, no, I don't usually go out of my way. If it's some if uh, I think that that's hard because. Yeah. to say because if it's if it's something that i'm genuinely interested in or if it's about a person i want to know more about i'm i'm in but yeah. it's not a, a it's not a genre that i I'm like oh my god i love documentaries i'm not that girl no and i think i think too many people are quick to dismiss an entire genre um and that's something <laughs> i've learned about myself over the last three years with burke reviews um you know because i still i'll have people say well you don't like horror i'm like that's not true i don't like all horror I, there's definitely a in horror. I definitely seem to be at odds with some of the general consensus of what makes horror good, because mm-hmm. a lot of the big name horrors that people rep as like their favorites, I don't always like. Um, but I definitely, I don't think there's a single genre of film um, that I dislike completely. Um, but documentaries are. I feel, I feel like it's pretty safe to say I don't like noir. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, and that blows my. Have you seen Double Indemnity? No. I think you need to watch that one first before you before we completely close the door on Noir. I know we've yet to find one, but that's they just that's, make me sad. Yeah, and I can't say that won't happen with Double. But see, I don't know if sad's the same as not liking. Um, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I can't. I can say that I'm not saying that it's not a bad. I'm not. It's not a no. well-made film, or yep. it's not whatever. It just. I don't know. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you're you're not going to actively look to watch a movie that's going to make you feel bad. And mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of... There are some movies that sit with me in a way that I don't enjoy. And there's other times where a movie sits with me and I'm, I'm moved uh, because of it, you know? And mm-hmm. um, there is a cynical side to me that I think Noir appeals to, though, too. That, like, that mindset of... Um, people aren't perfect, but we digress. Um, point We're even being, good at all. Uh, both of us are saying we like this documentary. Um, Corey, not always seeking out documentaries, and I've grown to be more appreciative of documentaries in my three years as a film critic, um, self-appointed film critic. And I, uh, you know, I I saw several this year, and I actually have um, not this one. I haven't placed yet. I don't know where it falls in my my top. Uh, of the year but won't you be my neighbor and free solo are both in my top 20 for the year so i have two documentaries 
in my top 20 films of the year, which I don't think has ever happened before. So kind of excited to uh, feel like I'm moving up in the world. Um, and there's a few other really great ones I saw this year um, that I, I feel like is, if you like docs, uh, Science Fair is one that I, I was so moved by, especially if you were like myself, an educator. Oh man, it, it will, it will hit you in so many areas. Um, totally recommend seeing Science Fair. Um, Social RPG. Animals was really good. I haven't seen RPG. I need to watch that before the end of the year. It's on Hulu and I need to finally sit and, and check it out. Um, I know I watched a couple other ones cause I saw a lot of the festivals, but anyways, um, <clears throat> I think we need to get in the spoilers, Corey. Let's do it. Okay, guys, we are going to talk about three <laughs> identical strangers in great detail. From here on out, you've been warned. Um, before I say anything specific, I want to, uh, listeners, we rented this uh, digital, and you, you can rent it on Blu-ray or DVD now as well, um, but it's on any digital platform. It's not streaming for free anywhere at the moment, but Hulu and Netflix are both known to get um, docs, so it might end up on one of those at some point, but uh, or Amazon, but keep your eyes open. If you don't want to pay the money, but I'd say it's worth the uh, the three to four or five dollars that you would pay to rent it. Um, and if you're a doc fan, I say it's probably worth just buying because it's one you'd want to uh, share. It's one you would want to like, hey, watch this documentary. It's crazy. Um, and that's if you don't like documentaries, this one has a narrative vibe because there's a plot twist after plot twist after plot twist um, that will make you uh, stay intrigued. All right. So. What shocked you the most? Um, how planted all of the children were. And that I feel like it was a social, it was just, just an experiment. And now it's under wraps until God knows when. And I feel like <coughs> if people are going to be, you know, if there's going to be, um, they were videotaping them and mm-hmm. like, gathering data and doing uh, coming into their home every so often and just watching these kids and then they can't even they can't even i mean i felt like we never even found out why they were doing like why were they studying them well that we did i guess um essentially like through hearsay versus nature nature versus nurture the idea being that if um three identical twins and they did a few sets of uh i'm sorry triplets and they did a few sets of twins as well um we only know of one one pair for sure but we know there were others in the study who may not know that they were a part of the study yet um that uh if they were separated and raised in different households so they had control groups so like a well-to-do household a middle class and a lower class household would they end up being the same and ultimately trying to prove the nature versus nurture uh, psychological movement at the time of the 60s and 70s um and um though they they interview an assistant who is that woman that woman oh man she is a batshit crazy Yeah. yeah i'm like bill watch this with me and i just looked over at him and i'm like she's she's fucking nuts yeah, and she's clearly a, a fame hound because, like, she has pictures of, like, her with Obama and yeah, not saying she's not a scientist or whatever, but, um, or a psychologist or whatever. And showing she off all her Picassos, like, get yeah, out of here. Yeah, with all her money. Um, but, like, she was so quick to say, 
that the findings proved uh, nature over nurture. Like, it proved it, like, definitively. My theory is they didn't have anything at all at the end of all the research, and that's why they never published. Because why wouldn't you publish if you found something? That's when exactly. you publish. You publish because, oh, my God, we've discovered something. This is how we get famous and rich and whatever. You don't hide it because what what and is you, there to hide? I feel like most people that do work <laughs> like that because it is it, – it wasn't just a week-long study. It was – for a long time and it was very involved with so many people and then you don't want to release it during your lifetime either because i you know what i mean i feel like yeah, people would you want do recognition. research like this for recognition exactly or at least for some purpose like because okay say you prove nature versus nurture then what like, but i felt like i felt like everything that happened actually would prove the opposite well, at the end, they do, and they seem to heavily say it's nurture because of the big twist with, um, with Eddie. Um, which and you know what? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say Eddie. The Eddie uh, commits suicide, and that was spoiled for me, um, because oh. that, that's what my my coworker said to me was like, "Well, the one killed himself." I'm like, "Did not know that." Thanks. <laughs> well, I I didn't catch on. <laughs> because I'm just like so intrigued by what they're saying. I'm not even looking at who's saying what and oh. seeing their names flash up. And Bill like looks over at me and he's like, "We never, we haven't heard from Eddie yeah. yet." And I was like, "Oh!" And then I started paying attention. I was like, "You're right." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, worst. I I knew that going in, but I didn't know which brother. And then as soon as we met Eddie's wife, before we met Eddie, I was like, "Oh, Eddie's dead." So <laughs> I was like, "There goes that one." Um. I love some of the way they structure this because they tell us early that they each had a sister about the same age and you, they just pass it off as nothing. And then later on, it's revealed that the the uh, adoption agency had given each of these families that that daughter and they knew these families well enough. That's why the triplets were separated and put there because they knew the nurture style of each of the families. And so the sisters were essentially like the trial to see who these people were in order to place the triplet experiment. And you're, that was like, holy crap. Um, oh, see, I when I forget at what point, but before they revealed that, I just, I did look over at Bill and I was like, the sisters. Yeah. That was, but, you know. I, I mean, they do that throughout the movie. They foreshadow, but you can also, there's so much information it, being dumped on you, you can ignore parts it, of it. And it's already just working in with what they're telling you at the time, too, though. Yep. that They, like, presented it as all of these boys have so many things in common. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, stupid superficial things like, oh, they smoke the same cigarettes. Or, oh, they like blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, older they women. all like older women. Yes. And then, oh, they all have big older sisters about the same age. So it's not like – sometimes yeah. I feel like foreshadowing is like, Too oh, blatant. hey, dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like – it's in the context. It makes sense. And then it makes even more sense later when they You're reveal like, more of the context. Oh my god! Now I, yes, go I ahead. was gonna say the the scene I was alluding to that bugged me though that I just don't buy. The the three sets of parents um, who after the triplets meet, they're all upset. They want answers because it, like, why did they split the triplets? So they go to the adoption agency. They have a meeting with the people in the adoption agency, and nothing's really revealed or whatever. And they leave, and one dad says he forgets his umbrella. And he goes to get his umbrella, and they're popping champagne. And I'm just like, I cannot imagine a situation where they've hidden a bottle of champagne in the room. 
so that if things go well, they can celebrate. Like, I just can't wrap my I, head around that at see, all. See, I didn't look at it that way. I could totally see... And I mean, if they're that involved with all this research and stuff... I don't, I don't think that they aren't, like, almost getting their heads chopped off frequently. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. So I'm I, not doubting I, that they're, like, stressed out. I just can't fathom that they're... that they were drinking... I could even buy that they were buying the champagne. I just, like, think if you're, if you're constantly being bombarded with questions and you're under, like, investigations by... Because you got to think it's more than just this family because there's multiple triplets or twins. But even if it is just this family... Why would you risk celebrating in the place where they people come? You know what I mean? Like what? What can they prove though? What can that family or anybody who sees them do that prove? And also, I do feel like sometimes if you're that in bed with certain people in the scientific community, and I feel this, I feel like a lot of people who are <laughs> intellectual or extremely intelligent. Um, you know, they, like, look down on other people or, and I wouldn't, or, oh, I'm so much smarter, you know what I mean? Like, I could totally see these people who work so closely with, like, psychologists or whatever being like that, too, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we fooled them, or, oh, they're dumb, and there just aren't any repercussions for them. Yeah, I'm not doubting that they might have even been, like talking like haha we got them i just don't buy it's too much of like a movie setup like them popping champagne mm-hmm. like now i'm like in my head i'm like picturing a scene even they, they they recreate a scene and it just seems like no that's not that there's no way that happened this is just some old guy making up crap for a movie which and, dad was that um i think that was uh hold on don't tell me the son i'm trying to think of the son's name that's what it's not eddie it's the um the lower class dad the one that everybody I, said was really great. I really liked him, though. He's oh, yeah. the kind of person I would want to know. Uh, David. That's his name. Okay. Um, David's yeah. dad. Sorry. I don't know the dad's name right now. I think... I thought you were going to say that you wouldn't believe that they that each of those families would have taken the triplets when you first started like talking about that part. Because they were all... We would have taken all three. We would have taken oh, all yeah. three. And it... I, because I totally bought that because they've already adopted another child sure. and they and I have an aunt who adopted triplets so like I know yeah people you know do that so um like I know no I totally believe that and I have I have a friend who adopted twins recently like I have friends who've adopted multiple children like in in different areas so know that you that's guys a thing yeah <laughs> yeah I I mean that's it's crazy um but uh, again um no i i totally and i get i get them wanting answers but there were some things where like they were just like I, i'm trying to remember the exact wording where i i kind of felt like i didn't have the same uh passion for it where they're just like i think they even referred to it as like evil for like separating the triplets and not saying something and i'm just like i don't know that it's evil well- like I, I kind of feel like it is because they never tried to place all three of them together. You're right. You're right. That... I don't think they ever even tried. I could understand it. <laughs> you tried to have them out for adoption and it's been so long and nobody is. And we all know that babies get adopted more quickly than older children. Like, you know, then I could understand trying just for the sake of them having stable homes. But 
that it was all just a setup. Maybe because <laughs> I'm an only child, I just don't have that connection to like the need to know my sibling kind of thing. Like I do have a half brother, and but we were raised not like completely apart, and we're we're like I don't know. I think I'm like 12 years older than him or something. So like, you know, it's it's very different. Um, we. I feel like I keep cutting you off. I'm just so no, passionate. No, I'm glad. I um, love this. This is great. I think that also that we've, that most of us have probably heard about like the connection with twins and, yeah. um, and not as often about triplets because there aren't as many triplets as twins, but they have like that connection that if something happens to one of them, the other one knows right away. And I feel like we hear stuff like that so often that, I feel like it could be true, and I wonder, like, how much, because they were all separated until they were 19, I believe, how much of, like, them feeling stuff like that, and they couldn't connect it with, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but they don't ever really get into that, right? Like, they don't... No, they never did. So that might be that it's not a thing, you know? Like, not that it doesn't happen with some, but I don't know that it happens with all. For them. And, um... They try to allude to that with like, oh, we're all the same people, but then it's revealed later like they're really not. Um, they, they in fact, they the pressure of like their celebrity gets to them. I, I figured you must have loved the uh, Madonna reference, though the desperately. Seeking I Susan. loved it so much. Yeah, I was like super excited about it. Um, so it, and I think that I'm not really sure because we know Madonna was around New York for a while. I'm not. I like her. I loved desperately seeking Susan when I was a kid, but I don't know how long she was in New York, you know? So that was like one of those things where I thought that maybe she had heard about it from like one of those talk shows or it had gotten around. And I mean, because they sought them out kind of thing. Not, it wasn't just a happenstance. Yeah. And then they were in a movie, right? Because they were like, Oh my God, you're those guys from TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did pull up the picture, um, on like, because they show the clip from the movie, I guess, in in this movie. But I did look it up to like confirm that it actually happened, and they are in desperate. It is the scene, the three of them standing outside while she walks into the building or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they had that big success. They start their restaurant triplets, um, which I guess is no longer a thing. Uh, you know, you have Bobby. Um, Bobby's the one who ultimately finds Eddie. And then the two of them are in the paper because they're twins. And then David sees the paper and is like, um, those guys look like me. And we have so many things in common. Um, again, I love how they really sell that uh, they're the same at first. And then by the end of the movie, it's like, no, no. It's it's more likely nurture. Um, Eddie's dad apparently kind of is made a villain. Bill was a little pissed about that, actually. I he felt was like- that way, too. Bill's like they're trying to make him sound like really bad but that I mean also it, this was taking place in the 60s is yeah. that when they well he raised him from the 60s to 70s the yeah 60s. they were born in 61 I think okay and then um like I mean so they when were they 19 was that one 80 1980 yep when they started okay. college well one guy started college Bobby I mean college. Mm, um I don't know I feel like different generation not saying that it's good or bad but i don't know well and it's it should be noted um i believe um it's a uh the the i can't remember i didn't type the name of the uh, adoption agency 
but it is a Jewish adoption agency, and so these all, the families are all Jewish, or at least that's my assumption. Um, I I listened to a recent episode of Battleship Pretension where they talked about um, Jewish films. Um, they were going to do like Hanukkah films, but there's really not a whole lot of Hanukkah films, so they did like films that deal with uh, the Jewish culture, whether religion or um, ethnicity. And then uh, one of the guests talked about this movie because of that, because of the the Jewish connection. And the, they talked about a few different documentaries that I'm really interested in that like uh, show like Hasidic Jews. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and whatnot. And it's, uh, you know, that's another element to this. So, um, so I think at one point they touch on religion. Like one of the, the interviewers asked them about like religion. They kind of like brush it off. Like, no, 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 we're not religious. But, um, they pointed out that the, the adoption agency was like an exclusively like Jewish adoption agency. So felt like that was a necessary component to some of the story. I was really happy that they are no more. And I would like to know about their demise. <laughs> How they ended up. Yeah, I would imagine it has something to do with this story. Um, I hope so. And the documentary does go modern day eventually. And um, we're told that the records from the, the uh, experiment is are sealed in the Yale Library until 2066. But then we are given some captions at the end um, that Eddie and Bobby were allowed to see the... the uh, some the of pic- them, right? Yeah, not all, and that it was heavily redacted um, to like cover up names of the other twins who maybe don't know that they're twins yet. Um, see, I feel like if they found something, it it didn't prove anything or it didn't prove what they wanted it to, or that they're still like watching these other people. It's possible. Um, I don't think anything was proved because, again, I, I really think it would have been published. I think they yeah. found patterns, and the patterns were, went nowhere. Um, some things they had in common, some things they didn't. Uh, sure, nurture, but again, um, is it always nurture? Like, it's not always, you know. Like, the, they try to paint Eddie's dad as being like really distant and not, you know, not loving, a disciplinarian, and a disciplinarian, and that's why Eddie ultimately kills himself. But Eddie didn't exhibit those traits. Eddie seemed like he was really he cared about family. They kept saying Eddie was the one who was really pushing the the triplets to to be close and to stay tight, um, which is counter to how he was raised. And then again, um, mental health w- is addressed briefly that they all had run-ins with psych wards and stuff, and that their mother was mentally, had, yeah, I don't want to say mentally ill, but. But she had her struggles with with stuff, and um, the the triplets were born from like a one night stand. They said, so not like a romantic like you know love story where things went wrong. It was a one night stand. She gave the the babies up for adoption, um, and they, you know, they met her once, and it it didn't go anywhere from there. Um, from what it sounded like, they just let her be after that. But um, yeah, I I agree with your with Bill that uh, I didn't like them trying to kind of demonize the dad because one the the man we're being interviewed with seems kind of senile he's very old um at that point and he seems remorseful about eddie's you know killing himself but not not too remorseful but i also felt like there was something not all there with him i don't know if you picked up on any of that i didn't i just thought he was old just old maybe that's maybe that's all it was but um, I still don't know that, like, I wouldn't say he's to blame. And, you know, 
again, we're, we don't get told that Eddie was, like, abused or anything. Just not loved enough. Not as loved as, like, David was, whose David's dad was this big kind of uh, bear of a man, it sounded like. You know, he loved everybody. He hugged everybody. He brought the other kids when they all met when they were 19. You know, like, he was their dad and whatnot. Um, I feel like they definitely wanted to push that, and I, I didn't really feel like that was fair. And I guess that's them trying to, like, cement the nurture argument that Eddie was nurtured by this disciplinarian and killed himself. And, you know, Dave and Bobby. But you don't really even know what they're doing now. Like, did you get that vibe? Like, I didn't get, like, how are their lives turned out now, you know? Or I was just really sad because we never saw them on screen together until the end. And when Mm -hmm. we find out Eddie has died... I'm just like, guys, I hope you, like, put it all behind you and that you're talking now. And then we get that scene of them, like, coming on, you know, being on the same set and, you know, being interviewed together. Yeah. Agreed. I felt like, yeah. I mean, I think that has to do with the the nurture argument to me. Like, where did they end up afterwards? Because most of the story is uh, them retelling the time of the meeting and then we get, like, pictures and some video after they they're together, um, you know, some stock footage, some news reports, stuff like that. Most of it's through interview, and again, it's a very compelling story. But there's stuff that I'm like, I have more questions because if we're if we're arguing this experiment was nature versus nurture, and I feel like the end of the documentary is pushing that nurture one. Nurture is much more important than nature. Um, that then, like, where are they right now? What have they done since you know Eddie died and? They went their separate ways. What are they doing? What are their careers like? What are their family lives like? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like we get a sense of that. <coughs> but I think I've said everything I need to say. Is there anything else you want to discuss? No. Then I would say this documentary falls easily as a must-see just because it is so compelling and it's so intriguing. Although, if you've listened to this whole spoiler thing... Uh, it may not be worth watching because we've told you pretty much everything that they that they do. I mean, there's a few. The way it's delivered will still maybe throw you off, but you definitely know what's coming. I am gonna agree, and I think that most people who maybe don't usually enjoy documentaries would probably find this one pretty interesting. Agree with you as well. Um, all right. Well, our next episode, um, we're gonna be watching American Animals. Uh, which is also currently not available to stream for free anywhere, but you can rent on any digital platform. It's also on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, you can probably find it like Redbox or something. Um, or if you still do Netflix's disc uh, by mail, maybe I think it's DVD.com now. Um, you can check that out. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you use anchor.fm to listen to our podcast, you can actually call and leave a like a voicemail for us. And we can use it on our episode. So if you'd like to um, call us and give your thoughts on American Animals, we might fit it into an episode. Um, you can download the app for free, anchor.fm, search for our podcast. You can listen to our episodes right there and become a, a more active member of the show, um, a more active member of the club, if you will. You can also follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star. And please read all of the reviews I post up at BerkReviews.com. Uh, last week I posted Mary Poppins, The Favorite, um, Dumplin', and one more. Of the, uh, 
man, the name of it escaped me. Um, Lucas Hedges, Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe. It's a boy erased. Boy erased. Um, those all went up at BerkReviews.com, plus episodes of Top 5 Movies and other shows. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review us. It helps us find new listeners. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com <laughs>